Hello and welcome to a best of edition of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always. Uh, I'm solo today, but I just wanted to release this episode on Thanksgiving. It's actually episode one of the podcast where I guess Brandon interviews me about my injury. Um, So it's kind of tables turned on me, but I just thought in this last year, I've had a lot of health problems more so than at any other point since my spinal cord injury. And, you know, I'm just happy to be alive. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for friends and family and the awesome spinal cord injury community uh, online and just all of you listening, you know, just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to be alive. So, uh, you know, without further ado, let's get into uh, the original episode of this podcast. And uh, so for anybody who hasn't heard it, check it out. Um, if you have heard it, listen again, maybe, I don't know, or skip over it. We'll be back next week with uh, another amazing set of guests and uh, we have quite a few uh, good really good interviews coming up uh, down the road here so stay tuned have a happy thanksgiving wishing everyone a, a wonderful holiday and we will talk to you all next week all right we're recording now we're on in five four three Welcome to the inaugural, I don't know if we call it inaugural, we first. Can, we can call it the inaugural, I mean, we'll probably do it every year, but... Right, yeah, I guess you're right, yeah. Not once the a maiden year. Voy- the maiden voyage of the uh, the surviving pod... I don't even know the name, we changed the I, name so I many times. I think we're going to go with surviving paralysis. Initially, we wanted to call it fuck paralysis. But we're not doing that no, anymore. We, did, we just didn't want to be too offensive. It's not good, man, it's not good. I think it'll be... Uh, be tough with that name to get get much traction but anyway welcome to the first of many hopefully podcasts of the surviving paralysis podcast i guess that was podcast a few too many times in that sentence but either way uh we're here to talk about spinal cord injuries surviving spinal cord injuries uh living with a spinal cord injury family members of someone with a spinal cord injury and uh yeah yeah i I mean i guess we are just gonna you know kind of go with it and see how it goes but i think the the main goal is to just you know raise awareness uh for spinal cord injuries uh people i guess maybe people with paralysis in general i mean um i know there's other ways that people can can uh get paralysis whether through stroke but i I would imagine a lot of the research has to do with the same type of um uh, outcome so yeah man here we are yeah we're at we're at the first episode and we're gonna just today we're gonna talk a little bit bit about you jeremy and kind of your story man and and how how you ended up in a wheelchair uh how how you're not walking today but how we plan to get you there right Uh, so uh why don't i mean why don't we just jump right into it all right. Um, Let me know just a little bit about, like, why don't, why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself also, man? Like, you know, where you grew up, just like a brief kind of like how old you are, this type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So for sure, I'm, I'm, my name's Jeremy Dixon. I am 39 years old. Uh, 
you know, born and raised in uh, Renton, Washington, moved to Olympia as a teenager. Shout out Renton. Shout out Renton all day. Uh, yeah. Shout and out Renton I, Highlands. Renton Highlands, baby. That's all day. Uh, yeah. So I moved to Olympia, Washington with my father when I was 15 or uh, 16 and, uh, you know, lived here in Olympia until... I mean, I still live in Olympia, so I guess I, that's not really the proper way to say that. But I uh, got into a car accident. I wasn't driving myself. I was out with some friends. We had been drinking, uh, you know, got in a car accident probably a mile and a half from my home uh, late late on January 18th, 1998. Um, so, so wait a second. So you mean... There was alcohol and cars, and that didn't work right, out too well right. for you? didn't work out. Did not did not work out. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that can attest to that. I know we have some friends that have been in, in car accidents and walked away unscathed, luckily. And, you know, I think, thankfully, um, I was the only one injured in this particular car accident because there was another vehicle involved with, just so happened to be with some girls that we went to high school with. And, uh... You know, it's a pretty crazy story. You know, we just were out, uh, you know, having drinks at a party. And the funny thing is the police actually showed up to the party we were at. And we felt so relieved that we got away from them and then went on to another party. And then on the way home from that party, got in a car accident and I was left paralyzed, uh, you know, broke, I guess, severed my spine at the c4 c5 level and uh woke up probably i don't remember anything for about let's just like so what do you know like obviously you can't remember anything about the car wreck right right but what what do you what do you recall being told about it like um you know i remember being told that you got ejected from the vehicle you were yeah. like down some like 30 yards away from it. Right. Like what, what were you told about that specific time? Still yeah. like, let's stay there for a second. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, from what I've been told, uh, we were coming to an intersection and, uh, hit another car head on that was, you know, coming in the opposite direction through the intersection. And basically I'm guessing that the driver, you know, tried to protect himself and turned so that my side was the passenger side of the vehicle was exposed. My door, I was told flew off or was detached from the car and flew across four lanes of traffic and embedded itself in a, in a building like 20 feet off the road, which is pretty, a pretty powerful, uh, huge impact. Yeah. Huge impact there. Um, and yeah, I guess I was, like nobody knew where I was because I wasn't wearing. So a seat you were belt literally like either. they was, were like after the wreck, like where's Jeremy? Yeah, like they came. Uh, another car full of of our friends and actually my brother Matt, who was in the another car that was following us. They couldn't even find me for a few minutes. They were looking around trying to find me. Mind and, you, it was it was nighttime. Yeah, it was in the middle of the night. Um, the, yeah, I think around two o'clock in the morning. Um, and. They found me laying on my back, but my head was actually mm. facing down. Shit. If you can imagine that. That's, well, uh, I can 
not imagine that, but I'm trying to not picture <laughs> know, that right now, actually. I know, I know. But so that's that's the real shit right there. Yes, yes, that's that's what happens. I mean, um, you know, yeah, so my, my neck was broken. Um, I was airlifted to Harborview Hospital. So were you alive? Were you dead? I mean, like, they, what the I, like, what I don't they... really know. I think that, I mean, I'm pretty sure that they were probably doing, trying to do CPR. Because I feel like if your head's like backwards, you're pretty much dead at this point. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine, I can't, I can't imagine what it would look like to find somebody like that. So yeah. Um, you know, I'm, so I get, they get me, uh, straightened out i guess if you want to say that they get me uh so everything is um going you know they get they get everything situated and get me uh airlifted to you know ambulance to an open parking lot nearby and airlifted so to harborview we're in olympia we're in olympia so they had to airlift so me to, to seattle to washington seattle, which to harborview 60 miles ish yeah so harborview hospital is one of the, like the best trauma Place, trauma hospitals in the country um and i was rushed immediately into surgery they i don't think they they didn't think i was going to live because i know that uh the guy that was driving the car was they were going to charge him with vehicular homicide because they thought i was going to die for sure and i ended up pulling through so he just was charged with vehicular assault uh but yeah that i mean so i i went straight i mean I, and i don't remember any of this i was in a you know medically induced coma for i think probably two and a half weeks three weeks before i remember anything like even vaguely so yeah i mean uh so a little bit about me is like uh jeremy and i were also somewhat related uh and he so he's my stepbrother but i was um called at my friend's house in the middle of the night and I was told, hey, Jeremy's in a, been in a car accident and he's being airlifted to, to Harborview. And so, like, to get a call like that in the middle of the night when you're, well, I was probably like 6, 14, 14 years old at this time. That was pretty wild, man. But uh, so we ended up going to the hospital that night. And, yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody, well, like, you know, as a 14-year-old, they're not going to tell you a ton about, like, what's going on. But I'm pretty sure... Uh, that they all thought that no, nah, I don't think this dude's gonna make it, and if he does, right? Like, they thought what, was probably what's gonna... really like? What is he gonna? Is his brain gonna work? Right. Like, obviously, they're not even thinking like, oh, well, his neck was broken. He's probably not walking again. But is he even gonna going to be able to like comprehend or have any brain functions? Absolutely. So, all right. So now you're in the hospital, and like, how did things? So you woke up what like two, three weeks into this. And yeah, I mean, like what happened? Like I, you were alive? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like, don't, you know, I, I, don't, I feel like I knew that I was paralyzed when I woke up. Like I, you know, I must, I don't know how I just knew that I couldn't move. So, um, and I was, they had me on so many drugs that it was like, you're just kind of in a fog. So you don't really know what's going on. But, um, yeah, my luckily my father was able to get um, an experimental drug, which I don't have the name of it right in front of me here, and I don't know if it ever made it to market. But um, generally, a C four five quadriplegic is on a ventilator and can't move their any of their extremities, 
and I'm lucky enough to have pretty good movement of my right arm and some movement of my left arm uh, and, and able to, you know, move my neck pretty freely. And All right, hold up. So, okay. hold on. So, your dad got a drug from somewhere, but you're not actually sure. It's, they, somebody approached him at, at, at the hospital, a nurse who was in the experimental drug Shit, unit, man, I, I feel guess. like I didn't even know this. Yeah. Uh, you didn't? I'm surprised you didn't know this. Yeah, so uh, they gave me this experimental drug, and uh, that was supposed to reduce the swelling. Because when you have a spinal cord injury, the spine swells, and then that's what where the majority of the damage comes from. So, right. because it swells in the, the small canal there, and there's no, I mean, and that's... And it cuts off the yeah, nerves. Yeah, it cuts that. off the nerves, whatever cases and at least that's what i mean i could be wrong about that i'm not 100 percent sure but i think that that's what i feel like that's what i was told at one point anyway uh yeah so i I got this experimental drug that was supposed to reduce the swelling right away so you think that that drug needs to be administered like right away is that the point yeah i mean i think and that's what they're that's a lot of the things that they're coming up with now there are some new new drugs that are out now that are are really as long as you can get it into the spinal you know like get inject the person with it soon after at least they're working on these things like that's one of the things that that they're doing to try to reduce the swelling in the spinal cord and we're gonna that's another thing we're gonna do is talk a lot about different technologies that are out there so anything that, that we find we're gonna talk about we're gonna try to get the the doctors the scientists whoever, we can to speak about these uh these different um yeah. evolutions in the in the way to treat spinal cord injuries. Yeah, I think that's probably the the main overall arching goal of this podcast is to, you know, go over the science, the technology, the medicine, and then also we have a foundation which we can talk about several times in this podcast over which is called the Live the Walk Again Foundation and the the premise of that and this is a registered 501c3 is that uh we use um, we're essentially connecting sciences and technologies and medicines together because a lot of times what people don't know is that uh, they don't actually ever intertwine. Right. They A lot of these doctors and, and researchers have tunnel vision on their specific study that they're working on. And so there's no, yeah, there's no outside influence on it. And, you know, we think that, a lot of a lot of what we've seen through the years of working on the Live to Walk Again Foundation is that we're pretty sure that the answer is going to come from a combination of a few different technologies and and programs to get eventually get the spinal cord fit, healed and working properly. So all right, so we're we're at Harborview and we skipped ahead three weeks. Um, essentially you've woken up from a medically induced coma and now you're kind kind of starting to realize that like I'm paralyzed or right. I don't, I can't feel certain parts of my body. Uh, like where, what, what, when did you become like coherent to that? Essentially, like when did you start, they start to wean you off medicines or like tell you like, Hey Jeremy, like here's what happened. Um, you know, I don't remember any like clear thoughts until I was probably at 
Good Samaritan Hospital in Puyallup, Washington, doing going through the rehabilitation so like process. So this four is four like, six weeks later. Yeah, even I mean, more? I think yeah, I think I was there from February. No, from the end of February through April, like tenth, I think is so, the day I came okay, home. From the so, they so I was mo- in the hospital from January eighteenth until April tenth, I believe. So four months ish. So you're in, so you're in Good Samaritan, which is like a long-term stay rehabilitation. Yes. For yeah. for spinal cord, for they have they deal with strokes and spinal sure. cord injuries, and all of uh, you know any kind of paralysis basically, and they're like the best in the business. So people were, you know, regionally, everyone would come there. So there's people from Alaska there, Montana. Okay. And so I believe was... they're still like one of the top one, you know, right. top hospitals for rehabilitation in the country. So they didn't just send you like any old place. No, no. It just happened to be close. Yeah. So now you're at, at good, good Samaritans hospital and now you're starting to figure out like for yourself, what's going on. Uh, what, what, what was going on in your head? You know, honestly, it was there. There was so much like family support at that time, and everyone was, uh, you know, coming with oh, the, the different art newspaper articles. There was no internet at that point. I mean, there was the internet, but it was yeah, it in its like... infancy at that point. So uh, people would come with newspaper articles or magazine articles, and like, look, this is, you know, like I just felt like it was temporary. Sure. I felt like it was like it still ten- Yeah, I mean, I still do. Longer it, term temporary. And if yeah, at this and point. If, if you're out there listening to this and you have been in a spinal, you know, in a car accident or have a spinal cord injury or whatever the case may be, you know, the the, the it's coming soon, sooner than later for sure. But yeah, at that point. Everybody was saying, oh, within 10 years, within 10 years, you'll be walking again. This is just temporary. You're going to be good. And I believe, I mean, I still, yeah, like I still believe that. That's like the, that's what keeps me going every day. Well, I mean, I don't want to get political on this podcast. It's not really what it's about. But there was a long stretch of time in the early 2000s, specifically when you're in the infancy of your spinal cord injury, when one of the major aspects of spinal cord research is stem cells and a lot of right. the funding for that was cut off for i would right. religious like you, yeah. moral whatever you whatever want to you want to call it <clears throat> um, i mean you could say george bush doesn't care about people with spinal cord injuries <laughs> yeah exactly so um but but i digress on that but okay so you're you're at the hospital and then like uh, what kind of I mean, <clears throat> how did you, um, when did you like start getting into a wheelchair? Like what kind of stuff did they yeah, have you doing? I mean, like, they, they would have me get up, um, you know, twice. Well, it was like, you know, at that point I was so like any like little bit of movement or anything, I would just be wiped out. Like, so they would get me up in the morning. Wait, so hold on. So like, are you gaining like little more movements each day or was it yeah, like you had like, everything so, well, like you have right now it would no it was no i didn't it was like definitely building muscle and and you know it was a lot of uh range in motion um you know whatever bit of strength building i could do because i only have access to so many muscles so they would have me you know work my arms a lot and my shoulders and uh go through occupational therapy and and physical therapy 
twice a day for each. And it was like, I would go to each one for 30 minutes or maybe each one for an hour in the morning, go back to my room, sleep for like two and a half hours, get up, have to go back, do each one in the evening or in the afternoon, and then go back to my room and sleep again. Cause it was just like in and out of bed, just, just exhausted. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I guess we should, I don't think, I don't know if we said at the time, I guess we did say that I was 18 at the time. I was a senior yeah, in high yeah, school. Yeah, so you're a senior in high school. So you're in till about April in this rehab center. Mm-hmm. And then and then I'm assuming now, well, I know, but now you come home. Right. At that. So while I was in the hospital, um, you know, my dad was basically back and forth from Olympia to Puyallup every day i don't think there was one day he didn't show up up there and uh you know other family members luckily i have family members in that area of of washington as well so a lot of people would you know pretty much i didn't ever have to you know be alone like at night so like after therapies and everything are done like some family would come to hang out with me or have dinner with me and and visit watch a movie whatever the case may be and uh yeah i mean it was um it was intense, you know, I mean, just dealing with like, I was still, I was having to do school where I had a tutor at the hospital. So I was having to do schoolwork there. Um, you know, just trying to you know, do that, keep my eyes open to do that at night. And then that was the most intense thing I've ever, ever felt like just physically, mentally, emotionally, you're just drained. And, uh, yeah. So at the time while I'm in the hospital, um, you know, my dad and your mom and you and our brother Matt were getting the house here ready for me to come back to because, you you know, you need a, a roll-in shower now. You need a ramp for the front door. You need all these things that, you know, widen, widening doors to fit the wheelchair through. Just a million things that had to happen uh, for for me to come home, you know, and and I'm at like at that point I was getting ready to move out on my own. So it wasn't like like that was just like yeah. such an afterthought to have to, you know, convert the home so that I can get back in in a wheelchair. You're like, yeah, I'm really not trying to live with my dad right, right. forever. And now now here we are. Exactly. Um, and so so you get home um, and you're going to head back to school. Um, right. You're going to graduate. Right. And so what, what kind of, uh, what, what, I mean, what was your feeling like at that time, man? I mean, like, how did you remain positive throughout that part of it? Yeah. I mean, going, so I remember the week before I got out of the hospital, um, I came back to school in like, just as like a run through. Cause I guess that's what they the the hospital would do that with anybody who's still in school like they would go through and do like a walk through the school to make sure that you can get around in the school make sure everything was up to par for you to you to be able to get there and and you know get around from building to building or whatnot and that was literally the scary I mean I'd been through hell and back at that time but going having to go see into the school and see my peers in a wheelchair like forget about that was like the the craziest just like I was not I didn't want to do it I was like I can just finish school from home whatever and uh I I don't even know who so you know my dad just was like quit being 
Oh, baby, like baby. get get Buck get up. back in there, and so yeah, I went back to school. Um, you know, I would only go to a few classes every day, but uh, just enough, I and mean, basically enough to graduate. And um, you know, I graduated later in June, and uh, you know, went through graduation and everything, and then and was still doing rehabilitation. They were coming into the home at that time and working with me on a pretty like at least two or three times a week and then once like basically the day school got out i started going riding the bus to puyallup to take uh to do rehabilitation every day and maybe it was only a few times a week but yeah it was it was so that was like my entire day was just built around you know getting strengthening what i had working with whatever you know, I could do, and they would give me stuff to bring home, and then, uh, so I basically did that through the entire summer, and then went to local community college here in Olympia that next year, and uh, still would would do, you know, the rehabilitation kind of slowed down, it was more just at home, you know, weight work, and, you know, doing different things that they had, uh, had you know, the insurance had purchased for us to use, so. So, in, in essence, it was a long road. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's basically what we're trying to break down here is, like, Jeremy went through a bunch of shit, um, and it wasn't easy. No. And, you know, the perseverance is shown. Um, how was your body feeling, like, through all this? Uh, like, were you in pain? Uh, obviously, I'm sure there's some residual pain from just, like, doing shit, man. But, like, um, what... What did you feel like, both from a mental aspect and, like, a physical aspect? Well, you know, I mean, I went from being, like, a football player, athletic, um, being, you know, able to do whatever to being having to depend on other people for everything. And, uh, you know, same with working out, like, lifting your your arm with, a like, little aerobic, you know, aerobic weight, weight on it, baby weight on it, like, was taking as much stamina and energy as it took to you know bench press 200 pounds or whatever it was just out of this world that the fact that you couldn't even imagine it's not even something you can imagine like one day you're you're good and the next day like you can barely move i'm sure i'm sure there's just a ton of ups and downs um we uh you know we kind of have to fast forward a little bit here uh we just can't eat up a ton of time but uh you know you're now been living in a wheelchair essentially 20 years 21 21, 21 years this yeah. month yeah and that was january 18th so just a few so days just ago, a few yeah. days ago 21 years um and uh we've created this live the walk again foundation uh which you know that's we're just kind of getting that off the ground and um we're starting this podcast which we hope to raise awareness with but so over the over that time, you know, what are some things that you've learned for people that might be listening that that you've done to uh, keep yourself healthy, um, to keep your mind healthy, uh, you know, these types of things. Yeah. So I, you know, I try to move. Movement is really a key, like getting range and motion done, getting, uh, you know, whatever muscles you do have that you're able to move, get you know, weights strapped to those and try to lift them, move them, you know, just stretching. Yeah. Stretching, lifting weights, things like that. 
standing if you you know if you're lucky enough to have a standing table which i do getting up at that is a is a real big thing um is getting circulation um the other thing is diet for sure um you know i do a ketogenic diet which is you know low carb low sugar uh you know high in pro protein and good fats mainly and vegetables um and yeah, I mean, the, those are the two main things. And then it's just, it's all about having a positive attitude. Like you can, you know, it's easy to get frustrated with people and take it out on the people that are close to you. You know, it's, uh, it's just, you know, I try to put on a, a strong, like happy face every day, regardless yeah, man, of I mean, what. Like, I don't really know. Like, sometimes I, like, try to put myself in your shoes, and I'm like, shit, man, I don't really think I could have done that. Like, I don't, I know this is, like, kind of fucked up, man, but it's, like, it's not everyone would have made it, you know, without, in in the position that you're in, um, and have been as successful as you are, um, because, you know, I know that you've never really let this particular thing, you know, be... Uh, deterrent to like your perseverance and what you want to achieve in life and I mean I know there are some restrictions uh, put on you financially and and yada yada but I mean uh, it's it's something that that definitely not anybody could handle man and I mean nobody would want anybody to handle this but it's cool man that you're able to like push through that always have a positive attitude um, like, what are some things that you do to keep, like, a healthy mental state, though? Like, uh, is it, like, meditating? Is it reading? What, 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 what would you say that benefits you the most from that aspect? I mean, really all of the above. You know, I, I do meditate. I, I just kind of, you know, I don't know if you want to say go to a zen place. I just try to, like, kind of clear my mind when it's getting too much and uh, just relax and, you know, maybe take, take 10 minutes and just close my eyes and, uh, and, you know, clear everything out. And, uh, the other, you know, I mean, I definitely, I feel like diet is a big part of like keeping like if, you know, for the first probably 10 years, I just ate like crap and, you know, ate whatever I wanted to eat thinking it was no biggie, no big deal at all. And and, I'm telling you, man, like we went to the Husky basketball game the other day and I'm like, Jerry, let's go over and eat at Dick's, you know, Dick's driving. And, uh, he's like, ah, I'm not going to eat that man. It's, you know, I'm just yeah, really trying I had to, to smell focus him on eating. Dick's and so here I am just like grubbing on a burger <laughs> and like, I just feel like a real asshole at this point, you know, because here I am walking, like doing my thing and I'm just going to go screw around and eat a burger. But you know, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's more important for me to, you can burn that off a lot easier than I can. So, uh yeah i mean i I think that those things are are pretty uh, so do you jump on like any um like vitamins are you yeah i mean supplements i do i do a lot of probiotics um you know just uh try to do um i'm blanking on the name right now apple cider vinegar is really good i mean that that and those are both digestive things you know because that that can be a problem with a spinal cord injury. Uh, your digestion can can get a little out of whack. Um, you know, yeah, I just try to, you know, I try to yeah, I take multivitamins. And, I mean, it's kind of crazy, man. Like, in 20 years, I mean, really, besides the time you were in the hospital for pneumonia, like, you don't really go to the doctor 
for anything major. No, I try. I mean, I I try not to take antibiotics too much. Like sometimes you get, it's really easy to get infections. I mean, but without a fully functional body, yeah, like your your whatever it is must be working right to pay attention to this type of stuff. And I think that probably for anybody listening to this that has a spinal cord injury, like take it from me, like you, I'm I've witnessed it for twenty years. Like barely ever, I mean, sure, like doctor, regular doctor visits are important, like to monitor your health, but like no major, like shit, Jeremy needs to go to the hospital for this. No, no, one time, and that was a year ago, just over a year ago. And that was like a lung infection, which, by the way, you you had a collapsed lung, I remember, when you were in the hospital originally, your whole lung collapsed, so I'm sure you're already working with like what, probably half a lung anyway. Or, I mean, yeah, they're definitely I mean, D. Yeah, it's not half a lung. Half, yeah. Well, you get two lungs, but right. I'm just saying, like, they're right. not they're not in like great yeah. shape. No, to they're begin not. With. Right? Yeah, I have to keep them. I have to definitely breathing exercises. I guess is another thing that I kind of overlooked there. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a struggle, man. I mean, it's a struggle. But you know, surrounding yourself with the right people that you know are are there for you, and and you know, making sure you're you know, keeping an eye on not letting people get burned out on, you know, your caregivers or whatever, you know, people that are your, your care team. Um, that's very important care, you know, the caregiver team. Like if, if I didn't have such good people, it would be, you know, I've, I've heard some horror stories. So, so, uh, so where do we go from here, man? We're gonna, you know, we got, we got a cool episode two lined up already. We We know a little bit about Jay. Uh, we know a little bit about the surviving surviving per- paralysis, paralysis, air yep. quotes. That's what I think we're going to roll with here uh, unless something better comes <laughs> along. Uh, you know, like what what are we going to – what's this journey going to be like um, you know, going I'm, forward? I'm hoping to just reach out to some, some doctors and some scientists of, yeah, so that are working. Yeah, so if you hear this, hit us up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're on, we're on Twitter – I think at surviving paralysis. I think yep. we got that locked down. And we have the live to walk. And we again have the live to walk again dot com. Uh, live to walk and again live to walk again Facebook. Facebook. Um, yeah, just, we'll put we'll put our we'll put Jeremy's email if you want. Yeah, Jeremy just, Dixon. You can. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, whatever you like. Shout shout me out. Shout out, Jay. <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna be rolling forward with this podcast. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty epic. We're gonna talk to a lot of cool people. A lot of interviews. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna delve into the the deepest uh, reaches of spinal cord injury research and uh, and hopefully repair. We're gonna see it soon. Yeah, so we're gonna get we're gonna get a cure per, for paralysis. We're gonna we're gonna say fuck paralysis. And fuck paralysis. Fuck it. And um, from there, we'll we'll be seeing you guys on the next episode, episode two. Coming up, a couple days. Stay tuned. <laughs>